Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. The story of Philip and Nathaniel from our gospel reading this morning is a story about a couple of ordinary guys being called by God. Philip was going about his business in Galilee when Jesus simply came up to him and asked him to follow him. Nathaniel, Philip's friend, didn't even hear Jesus call him directly. He hadn't even met Jesus. What happened was that Philip, having encountered Jesus, immediately went to see his friend, to tell him what had happened, and to invite him to come and see for himself. It was that simple. But I think it's hard for us to grasp Nathaniel's initial reaction. I guess it would be as if you'd been told that the savior of the world was from Monongahela or McKeesport. Come on, says Nathaniel. You've got to be kidding. Can anything good come out of the Mon Valley? Or as he actually said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But what happens next in this narrative is particularly instructive for us. You see, Philip... Uh, could have sat Nathaniel down and got into a, a deep discussion with him. He, he could have uh, explained to him, uh, had he known it, which perhaps, and I suspect he didn't, that while Jesus um, came from Nazareth, which of course doesn't appear in the Old Testament as being the place from which the Messiah will come, he, he was born in Bethlehem. And so that's how it all tied in. And because of the census, he'd gone there and he could have given him the whole thing. But no. He had a much better response. He says, come and see. I suspect that at the end of the day, very few people have been argued into the kingdom of God. Now, of course, there are people who have many questions or objections or concerns, and that's fine, and we should engage with them. But we need to be careful. As many of you know, I used to be a trial lawyer, a barrister in England. And at at the time, I thought this was simply the best job in the world. I mean, let's face it. I got paid to argue. (laughs) What could be better than that? I'm sure many of you could give me a long list of what could be better than that. And I'm happy to report that by God's grace, I've mellowed a little these last 20 plus years since last cross-examining someone in court. Uh, Just a little, mind you, I still like to argue. But I have learned that when it comes to matters of faith, matters concerning who Jesus is, debating and thrashing things out will only ever get you so far. The truth is, Everyone who wants to encounter the living Christ has to come and see for themselves. Philip said to his his friend Nathaniel, come and see. We have found the one promised by Moses and the prophets. And that is the most important invitation we as Christians can make to our friends or family who do not know Jesus. Sure, we can argue and discuss. We can talk about moral issues and religion but to the people that many of us encounter in our day-to-day lives, people who may be looking for meaning, for love, for joy, for hope, for freedom, for good news in the midst of a life that is messed up, we need to find ways to be able to say to them quite simply, come and see.
I think you might be surprised at just how many people, whether they realize it or not, are just waiting to be invited to church or pub club or some place where they can encounter authentic Christian community, where they can come and see what being a Christian is all about. And you know, for many of us, um, it can be the most natural thing in the world. If you think about it, most of us act on uh, recommendations from our friends for all sorts of things. We, we, they tell us about a new restaurant that's opened or a good movie that's playing or uh, something that they found to be helpful. And they say, hey, come and check it out. Last week, Michael Green uh, led a special adult forum for us before this service at 9.15. He was talking in very practical terms about how we can share our faith. He commended to us three words. Anyone was there? Do you remember what they were? That's correct. I have found. And I can tell you that I have found that this Jesus of whom I preach today is not merely an historical figure, but he truly is who he said he was, the Son of God. More specifically, I have found that when I have been in the midst of the deepest, darkest despair, when all seemed hopeless, when I wondered how I would carry on, God was very real. And very present to me. I can also tell you that I have found when I have been at a loss to, as to what to say, God has given me the words to say. And as Michael Green said last week, and as we've been thinking about already from our passage this morning, there are these other three words come and see. And you know, the invitation doesn't have to be some epic thing. It can be very normal. Uh, last week, I was in the Apple store with Josh and Johnny, and the person uh, serving us was uber-friendly and helpful, as you might expect from an Apple employee who's hoping to make a sale. He knew we were from the church. The uh, collar was a bit of a giveaway, uh, but it turned out that he'd visited uh, Ascension uh, for some rehearsal for something, and so he knew exactly where we were. So it seemed to me to be the most natural thing in the world to say to him, Hey, you should come and uh, see us on a Sunday morning. So I did. And he said he'd like to. I, I can't actually see him, but, you know, I'd, maybe I'll have to buy another computer. <laughs> uh, another example uh, goes back some years uh, to the first time that I ever ran an Alpha course, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, an introductory course to the Christian faith. I was amazed at how many people invited their friends, and how many of those friends came. I was in a church at the time that had a typical congregation of about 50 people. On the first night of this Alpha course, on a January cold day, 57 people showed up, and half of them didn't come to the church. And the next week, 70 people came. The most important recommendation or invitation we can make to someone is the same one that Philip gave to Nathaniel. Come and see the Lord. I wonder, who are the Nathaniels in your life? Who might be waiting for an invitation from you? Who are the people you know whom you could invite to come and see? 
If you have known God's calling, if you have discovered the good news of the gospel, if you have encountered the love and the forgiveness, the peace and the fellowship as a member of God's family, then you definitely have a recommendation. You definitely have an invitation to make. Now, there aren't a huge number of empty seats here this morning, but in three weeks' time, at 9 and 11, there are going to be lots of empty seats. And that's the whole point. That's why we're doing it, so that we can invite people to come and see. Well, when Nathaniel did as his friend Philip asked him to do, and he did indeed come and see, a most extraordinary thing happened. When Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him, he praised his honest inquiring and said, here's truly an Israelite where there is no deceit. And Nathaniel is floored. Where did you come to know me, he says. Well, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip uh, called you, Jesus says. And to this, Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. You see, it turns out that Nathaniel was ready to be invited to come and see. Philip didn't know that. It, but it was almost as if Nathaniel was saying to himself, here is the one who understands my dreams. Here at last is the person who knows my prayers. Here is the one who's seen into my soul and seen the longings which I've never even articulated. And that is exactly what Jesus does. He is the true bread that satisfies. He is the living water of life that alone can quench our thirsty souls. In a sense, all of us are Nathaniels. All of us have been seekers, and hopefully all of us continue to be seekers after truth. Seekers to know more of God's plans for our lives. Jesus knew Nathaniel before Nathaniel had ever even met him. Jesus knows each and every one of you, whether you know him yet or not. But there's more. Jesus says to Nathaniel, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And then Jesus adds a rather intriguing thing. Well, intriguing perhaps to us, but maybe less so to Jewish Nathaniel. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What on earth is that about? Well, let me ask you, those of you who know your Bibles, where have you seen that picture before? angels ascending and descending. Where have you seen it? Jacob. And what was going on with Jacob? He was running away. He was sleeping. Exactly. It was Jacob's ladder. You're right. Jacob was a piece of work. (laughs) Scheming and plotting to get ahead of his elder twin brother, Esau. And you may recall how he tricked his brother out of his birthright and in getting his father's blessing before he died. That led to Jacob running away Because his brother was trying to kill him. While on the run, Jacob has a dream. And in that dream, he sees a ladder extending from heaven to earth. And on the ladder are angels coming and going up and down the ladder. And at the top, in his dream, he sees and hears the Lord say to him, you're going to be blessed. And so Jacob wakes up from his dream and says... Surely the Lord was in this place and I never even knew it. This is awesome. This is the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. 
You, you can read the full story in Genesis 25 through 28. Well, Jacob gives this place a name. What's the name? Bethel, which means God's house. Good, you're sharp this morning. And it became one of the great landmark sanctuaries for the people of Israel. N.T. Wright teaches that the tradition of Jacob's dream with the ladder and the angels going up and down became connected with this understanding that when you worshipped God in his house, God was really present with his angels coming and going, as it were. Well, John's gospel, which, as we may know, is a gospel that is rich with theological meaning and overtones throughout the narrative. So I think we can be pretty sure that John didn't include this rather odd comment at the end of this exchange between Jesus and Nathaniel by accident. At the start of this first chapter of John, we've heard explained how Jesus is the Word made flesh, and that the Word made flesh lived among us. And the word for lived among us is all about God's tent, his tabernacle, that God was tenting, tabernacling with his people. Okay, so what does all this mean? I think it means this. Jesus is telling Nathaniel that when he comes to see Jesus, he shouldn't think merely that he's come to see a man who saw him standing under a fig tree before Philip spoke to him. But rather, that from this point forward, Nathaniel is seeing the reality that Jacob's ladder and the dream of the angels pointed to, namely, that God is present in Jesus. Nathaniel came and saw. And I believe that the challenge for all of us today is to listen and to look so that we might hear and see what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. So this morning, I want to invite you to come and see whoever you are, wherever you're at. I don't know what made you come to church today. Maybe you are baptized and a keen Christian. Great. Draw near with faith this morning. Come in a moment and receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. Jesus is here. But maybe that doesn't describe you at all. Maybe you're running away from something or someone this morning. Well, if you are, come and see. If you've been hovering at the edges of the church and Christian faith, come and see. If you have come reluctantly or with doubts and questions, come and see. For the Lord is here. His spirit is with us in this place. Sure, we can argue and discuss and debate it all, but not right now. Today, draw near in reverence, in awe. The veil, if you, if you like, is an image between heaven and earth is very thin. Come and see Jesus. He wants to meet you. Let me be so bold this morning to take this a step further. If you 
want to see Jesus, if you are ready to follow him, to give your life to him, to receive from him the forgiveness, the new life that he longs to give you, I invite you to pray with me right now, right here, this prayer. Let's just bow our heads as we sit. Echo this prayer in your heart if you are willing. Lord Jesus, thank you for your invitation to me this morning to come and see. I want to see you, Jesus. I want to know you. I am sorry for my selfishness, my sinfulness. Please forgive me. Please come into my heart and life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I commit myself to following you from this day forward. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, I want to ask you to do something. Would you please just tell me on the way out this morning, just say, I prayed the prayer. Won't embarrass you. But maybe we can find a time when we can get together and talk a bit more about that. And finally, for those here who maybe prayed a prayer like that a long time ago, I want to say this. Who will you invite to come and see? Who? And if, if no person is coming into your mind, then I want to ask you to do this. Ask God as you pray this week to show you whom he would have you invite to come and see. Amen.